luck to everyone. Welcome, everyone, today. And uh, I've got a special guest in the studio. Uh, he's a friend, and he's one of the top franchise attorneys. At least I give him that title. Uh, I've worked with many over the years. I'd like to introduce David Steinberg in the studio. David is a, a friend, but uh, I've been in the franchise world since the 80s, and I've gone through several attorneys, and I finally landed with one that I refer a lot of people to because uh, in the franchise world or any law world, you've got to get a good feeling for someone. And when I met David, I realized he's the real thing. Uh, he, he knows what he's talking about, and he's very fair with the client. So welcome, David. Oh, thank you, Paul. You're you're too kind. <laughs> I don't know if I'm too kind. I, I think I, I speak the truth. You and I built a great relationship yes, as far as referring people over the years. And and one thing I do, and being in, in the business consulting world since the, the early 90s, is that your reputations by the people you send people to. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you that I've never had a complaint about you when people say, wow, I like David. So let's do that. Well, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, we, as, I certainly don't want anybody complaining about me, that's for sure. But, you know, um, I've been doing franchising for almost 40 years, which is scary in a certain certain way. And um, it's basically all I do, and I take it seriously. So, um yeah, there's just a there's just a handful of us in the state of Michigan that that do this kind of work on a on a regular basis, and and we take it both seriously, both for our franchisor and our our franchisee clients. So we want uh, to do things right, and we want satisfied clients, and uh, we want to see our our industry do well at the same time. So forty years, I was going to ask you that. Yeah. Now, out of all all kinds of laws. How did you pick franchise, being a franchise well, attorney? that's a great question. It sort of picked me. Um, I was getting a graduate law degree at, at Georgetown when I graduated there from 1982 and decided to come back home because, you know, Michigan was where I, uh, where, I, where I grew up. And so I started looking for a job. Uh, and um, back in the day, we used to send out resumes by mail. Okay, I'm not sure exactly it's done the same right, way right, now. Right, right. So I papered the law firms in Detroit, and I, I got a call one day by a small law firm in Bloomfield Hills. And I, I the, the uh, uh, principal partner came out and, and met with me, and he said, you know, we, we're practicing a new field of franchi- uh, called franchise law. And the Federal Trade Commission rule that regulates franchising just came into effect in 1979. Now, this was 1982. So I had no clue what, what he was talking about. All I know is I needed a job, right, quite frankly. right. right. And uh, they offered me the job, and I actually knew another person there in the firm who I graduated law school with. So I said, this is a good thing. The money offer was good. And uh, I came home, and the next thing you know, um, I was mentored uh, for the next three years there by a gentleman named uh, Dick May, Richard May, who's... He was the godfather of franchising. He's the godfather of franchising, at least in the state of Michigan. He had a, a national reputation that time. So... I was very fortunate. I'm very grateful to Dick. I, I stumbled into him, and he, stu- you know, he found me, and and uh, close to 40 years later, I'm I'm still doing it. So it's funny. I knew I thought that was the law firm because I had met you know Dick May years ago, yep. and uh, he had such a great reputation, and and we did some work with him back in the 80s. And it was interesting, and, and a great attorney. And so you had a great mentor. So I had I had the best. So yeah. you, you were bred right. I was I was I was bred right. I I hope uh, so. Well, but and 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 Dick's still around and uh, try to keep in contact when he can. So you know we're in a little downswing in the economy sure. and and uh, me being in consulting, being franchising, we see an uptick already with people looking to buy franchises and mm-hmm. to get into new business. As a matter of fact, I believe last month in the state of Michigan there were four thousand new businesses formed. It was almost a record. I don't know if you heard that number. Yeah, I did. You know, it's amazing. When when COVID hit beginning in March, um, 
you know, we all felt like the world fell apart and things got cut out from under us. And uh, and in my clients, I spent months just trying to help them out with their pro- their problems, let alone make, help them try to grow. Who could grow during a COVID period? But what is interesting is that, um, and here we are, you know, six months later, whatever it is, and I've been very busy. There's been new people. Uh, um, I guess what is I don't know the expression is bad times create create uh, 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 new opportunities, whatever. Yes. And so a lot of people have said, you know what, I I, I can't work here. I'm not working here anymore. Um, uh, things have changed. And so there have been many new uh, people come to me who want to develop new franchise systems for what they do. Um, and we've learned quite a bit, especially about the food industry and the oh, restaurant yeah. industry for sure. Um, but you're right. So um, it's great to see that there's, there's these new growth opportunities happening. There's no question um, a lot of people have been laid off, furloughed, um, you know, terminated because... Um, there hasn't been a need for for them for their but for their companies. If you don't have revenue, you can't pay people after all. So a lot of people have uh, you know really been hurt badly by this. But um, you know, uh, uh, necessity is a motherhood invention. Again, one of these one of these quotes you can come up with. You know, and it it, it happened when we were going through the downturn in the economy in 08, 09, 07, 08, 09, and ten. The same thing happened. People realized well. I'm only 50 years old. I can't stop working. I got to do something. I'm going to go. I'm going to go work for myself, or I'm going to go create something. Um, so a lot of entrepreneurial spirit took takes over in in down times a lot. I think people want to take control of their yes, life. I think the fact is they want to control their life. They just work for the companies right. that had no personality. They gave you five minutes, clean out your desk, or you got an email. Sorry, you're no longer wanted. So based on that. You know, people want to take control of it. And, and the next question is this. Is people buy a franchise system? You mm-hmm. want to explain that when, and, and then explain what a franchise or is. And so let's yeah. say, so when they say they buy a franchise system, will you explain that a little more? Yeah, I mean, uh, the beauty of franchising is that, uh, okay, let's, let's just take pizza. And instead of opening up David's Pizza, um, I open up one of the name brand uh, home recognized names. And, and yes, um, my chances of success are tremendously greater. Uh, who's ever heard of David's Pizza? I've got a, I've got to spend a lot of money marketing. Oh, we got a David's call coming pizza. from David's Pizza. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I and I may have the world's best pizza. Yeah. But yeah. how do people know it? Marketing. I mean, you know, I, I'm, there's a lot of fast food out there that the food's not that great, really, honestly. If you if you if you're into into food, but. The marketing has been tremendous. The food is good. It's good enough to, you know, to sell to the public, but it, the marketing is tremendous. And when you join a franchise system, you um, decrease your chance of failure um, significantly. You're buying uh, into, hopefully, when we talk about a system, somebody else has already been through um, the negatives. They know what not to do. Right. And in their system, they're creating things um, that are going to hope, you know, that have been Hopefully, hopefully, uh, tried and tested and work. Not always, but that—that's the goal of the system. So, if you're someone who can follow a system, and you're willing to pay attention to to what you're you know told to do, because you know there's going to be an operations manual, you're going to have contracts, and there's going to be a set way of doing things. If you can do that and you believe in it, then that's for you. If if you're someone who is a really independent person and you you know, you want to go do what you want to do, 
And we have these conversations with people, and they come in my office, and we talk about uh, what they're buying, and I ask them about their lifestyle and their background, and, and we have some serious conversations because the worst thing you do is spend hundreds of thousands of dollars or something and find out it's not for you. You know, you really need to do your homework in advance and find out. Uh, the first question I ask people when they come in, if they want to buy a franchise, they say, tell me what you like to do. You know, what are your hobbies? What are your interests? Um, do you like food? If you're looking at a fast food franchise, do you really like to cook and do you like food? If you don't, then, then don't do it. It's not for you because you're going to spend twice as much time doing this as you think you're doing it while sitting here in my office. And there's going to be days where you're going to be totally exhausted. Now, if you enjoy what you're doing, you manage to get by with it. But if you really don't like what you're doing and, and you're going through those problems and then it becomes you know, a real issue, it's real drudgery, and guess what? You're not going to be successful at what you, what you do. It's a lot of work to own a franchise system, but there can be very good payoffs for you um, if, it's, if, it, you know, if, if it grows and if it's working. Yeah, I, I get it. I was a franchisor in the 80s with Crazy Benz. I remember. I remember. I'm old, I'm old Freight. enough to remember. Yeah, so, you know, I did that. But it's really funny because, you know, being a consultant in the business world, I remember getting a 911 call. I won't mention mm. the franchise. But in an office I worked in real estate, uh, they represented a franchise. And they said, my guy needs help with this franchise. Okay. Well, I got the call a little too late because you mentioned. So I go to meet the guy. And this guy knew better than the franchise company how to run the store. That can be. He, he knew. It was one of the mailbox kind of things. All right. Okay. okay. And he knew exactly how to run it, and the, and the franchise company was doing everything wrong. And so I sat there and listened to BS about and, mm-hmm. and said about mm-hmm. the franchise company, and in and, and the mailbox things that the the mailboxes rent out, they should almost be rented out. That pays for all the overhead and That's stuff. That's right. He had three boxes rented after oh, you because he had, he knew how to do it better. And so I was really nervous. In the end of the conversation, I said, have you spoken to a bankruptcy attorney <laughs> because of what he owed and everything? And it was really a shame. And, and like I said, you know, someone who's very creative um, and, and doesn't want to follow rules should not buy a franchise. Right. I mean, if you think you're going to create something better, go at it alone. I mean, but you're not going to have the marketing of a thousand stores behind you or a brand behind you. And so I've seen this a few times in my consulting days. And, and I look and said, then why did you buy the franchise? Yeah. You know, and, and what's nice about it, and like I said, I've sent a lot of people to work with you, and I understand where you are. You work with the people, and, and they understand whether they're a franchisor or a franchisee, they're going to get a full lesson. Right. Well, um, I do both sides of the, the table. I, I, I represent franchisors, and one of the things I love to do is I create new franchise systems. And I'm working on a couple now. One's, one's pizza, one is a uh, orthopedic shoe concept. And so if you come to me and you've got a couple locations and you say, you know, I think we can do this over and over again and, and uh, other people can do this through their own independent business, that's, that's, that's the fun part about being a franchise lawyer is the, the creativity process, the business process of helping people create something and then seeing them, them become a, a great success. When I represent franchisees, they will come to me and they'll they'll bring me their franchise disclosure document, which is your your bible. It's it's a prospectus and it's something required by the Federal Trade Commission rule before you can sell a franchise. Um, a prospective franchisee has to be given this document, and they're very thick and they can be complex. And so I'll analyze them for people, and we'll we'll go through the process and um, we'll we'll you know explain what's in this document and what's required of them. The worst thing that happens, Paul, is when People won't read the document thoroughly, or they won't hire a franchise lawyer to to help them in the process of buying it. And they come to me three years later, and there's problems, and they're stuck. 
because they have signed a legally binding valid contract and they can't get out of it and they may not like what they signed up to to do but the law doesn't protect somebody from a bad deal it protects them from fraud or illegality but if it's just a bad deal that's that's not what the law protects. Okay? Yeah, it's it's interesting because you, you said someone checks with you after the fact of signing, but they should really be proactive and talk to you before. So let's do two terms because a lot of people might be listening to the show and never okay. knew about franchise. Sure. So explain a franchisor and a franchisee. Okay. Well, the, the, the franchisor is the company that has created the franchise um, service or product and, and has the system. So you can, you can let's just take Burger King and McDonald's and... Um, Pizza Hut, those are franchisors. They have created the product. They have a system. Um, they have consistent trademarks, trade uh, trade names. And every Burger King, every every McDonald's, every Pizza Hut is to look and feel the same. If you walk in one in Des Moines, Iowa versus Long Beach, California, you should be walking into one and you know exactly where you are and exactly what you're getting. That's the franchisor. The franchisee is the is the is an is an independent business person who has bought the concept from the franchisor through a license. They are licensed. Um, what people need to understand is, and that license has a term. It can be five years, ten years. There might be options to renew. But they have to understand they're only licensed to do something for a given period of time. Uh, it they didn't they didn't buy something that they can have forever. Okay, um, they have the opportunity to sell it. But there's going to be transfer restrictions. So the operator, the independent operator, um, is a licensee. And this is one thing I just want to bring. I heard, I heard one um, uh, one politician um, on on the, on, the, uh, on television. It was talking about McDonald's and talking about various things about wages and hours. And she was saying, well, these these franchisors have these places and they're worth billions of dollars. What the public has to understand is that franchises are, are largely owned by independent business people who might be your next-door neighbor. Okay? They are not, those, in, those places on the street, those retail locations, are not owned by the corporations. They're your neighbor. And so years ago when Exxon Valdez went through problems with the, the oil spillage and people were um, boycotting the uh, BP gas stations, what they were really doing is they weren't hurting uh, Exxon Mobil. They were hurting their neighbor who actually owned and ran that gas station. So I think that's important to do when you say support your local businesses, especially during these times. Um, That includes a lot of franchise systems, too, as well as those who are not franchised, obviously. You know, but so I think there's, there's, there can often be a misconception of the public and even people who are politicians, legislators, sometimes don't understand that and have to be educated. No, I get it. I mean, there are companies that have company-owned stores. Yes, there are. Normally, you find them, they have very few stores. As a matter right. of fact, someone might right. own two stores and franchise a 1,000. That's right. And in the case, they might sell the last two because they just want to be the franchise system. That's it. And they get that. So very, very interesting. I'm going to talk a little bit more about you and, and what you okay. do. What I like about you when I bring you a client, there's no surprises. It's like one price fits, and this is what it is. You're going to do this, and you can charge, and they're not going to get nickel and dime for every stamp. And, and right. I think that's what's really scary. I've talked to more people in the consulting world that think it's going to cost them hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars to do all the paperwork and all that. So that's really interesting. So what I like about you, you're that flat rate guy. People get it. There's no surprises. And, and you are 
you you live and breathe franchises. You have well, you have I do, people. and and uh, yes, there's flat rates for what I do, and sometimes I'm the loser in terms of the number of hours I put in. But especially when I represent franchisees, they come in and I give them a, a flat rate for what I'm going to assist them through, and I tell them that if I counted all the hours that we're really working on this, it's a, a lot more. But here's the thing. If they come in and I give you what it's actually going to cost in terms of my time, guess what? I don't get hired. I don't get engaged. But more importantly than that is they don't get the analysis that they need to, so that three years later they're not coming into my office with something they didn't understand. They could have understood three years before when they went to buy the franchise. At least when you go in, go in with your eyes wide open and have a full understanding of what you're getting into. Well, I want to thank you for this time. I'm sure we'll do some more interviews down the road. I but look forward to it. I want to thank you for the time. It's nope. 20 minutes flies by like <laughs> you're having fun. It's just, it's amazing. But once again, David Steinberg, uh, franchise attorney extraordinaire, I'm going to call you. And uh, I'm glad to have you on the show and, well, thank you. and have you on more segments to teach people about the franchise. World. I'd love to do it. I'd, I'd be happy to be part of the process. And I totally appreciate it. So I want other listeners to understand they're listening to uh, Talking Biz, a franchise segment. Uh, Today we interviewed David Steinberg, a franchise attorney from the state of Michigan. And uh, we hope you tune in for more segments on franchising. See you soon.